0: This is the No Stroke Podcast with your co hosts, David Dancero and Michael Garrow, helping you to support and thrive in life after stroke. Their podcast is designed for educational and community support purposes only and should not replace medical treatment and guidance of your own health professional team.
1: Welcome to episode 33 of the No Stroke Podcast. My name is Dave Dancero. I'm here with my co host, Michael Garrow. Good evening, Mike.
2: Hey David, how you doing? End of uh, I I had a presentation the other day for work, and the title of it was "End of Summer Bash." It was yeah. um, we're here, you know, we're a here couple months away from October,
1: and already Mike, um, we're back into pumpkin spice uh, mode. Don't <laughs> don't get me started, but we had that discussion way oh, right back when. Yeah, year well, ago. it's
2: the Rhode Island, you know, <laughs> Massachusetts crew who just love the Dunkin' Donuts everywhere yeah. you go. So there you
1: go. Yeah. Uh, do you yet. mind, like, do you mind if uh, I start with some numbers? Because the theme around today's show and with our guests is definitely uh, it's it's we we talked a lot about numbers and the importance of numbers and 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 um, I want to start with I'm going to throw some numbers at you, okay? Great. 44, 40 percent, twenty five percent, and I'm going to throw in number thirty one, and I'll have you explain that one, but. In in this episode, and I'll let you introduce the guest shortly. Um, she made me reflect on some of the some of the numbers around stroke and stroke facts, and she personalized these numbers to her own recovery and her survivorship. But you know, early on when we started this discovery and our mission here at Stroke, we were really, you know, when we were really researching what is the problem around stroke. I'll I'll put some some I'll put some data behind those numbers. Every 40 seconds, someone suffers a stroke here in the U.S. Every four minutes, someone dies of a stroke. 40% of stroke survivors, there's no known cause. We don't know what caused their stroke. And for 25% of that affected population, they'll have another stroke. So those are the numbers, and that's part of the mission that, you know, we've been on to try to support folks that are have been affected by stroke and improve life after stroke. And I don't want to throw you a curveball because the 31 has nothing to do with stroke. The 31 is a flashback because I saw your post about flashing back and, and really bringing in some of the, the episodes. But 31, we were supposed to have a special episode. This is 33, so we missed it by a little. Um, we had a guest that had to reschedule from Ireland. But 31 is a, is a a is a number that resonates with you. Tell us about it.
2: Um, so you know, a big thing with with basketball, right? Everybody needs their their lucky number, um, you know, or at least they try. Uh, any sport, right? You know, you it's either your favorite player's number, whatever it might be. Um, for me, like I, I never had that kind of superstition of you know numbers or anything. Yeah, you know, I didn't. I didn't really mind. Um, so when I was in high school, my freshman's freshman year first day of tryouts I was sick as a dog I mean couldn't get out of bed you know and and I wasn't faking it (laughs) I was I was sick Um, but again I tried to get to school because it was the first day of basketball tryouts um, and I was terrified you know I wouldn't make the team because I wasn't at I you know wasn't there to try out and I was sick so I Fortunately my coach you know knew me you growing up he was my 8th grade um PE teacher so we had a good relationship he was like Mike don't worry you'll make the team. He actually rang my he told my mom because my mom rang him to be like <laughs> Michael's sick and here and is trying to go to school just so he can make it. Can it's you please lead, tell it? yeah can you yeah can you please tell him just to stay in bed. Uh, so <laughs> yeah thanks to Mark Fowler um for getting me onto the freshman team. Um, but I wasn't there. Yeah. You know, I couldn't make the whole and not many people liked it, but I, I didn't make the entire week of trials, but I wow. still kind of brought me on. Um, and with that, I wasn't there to pick my Jersey number originally. So my best, best friend, Mike Dora should live down the road for me. Pick the number 13, unlucky 13. Right. Oh. Some, some people say, uh, but I, again, I didn't mind. I was like, all right, we'll go with it. So I wore thirteen my whole career, uh, high school career, and then in when I went over to college again, didn't really care what number I had. Um, but I was like, you know what? We'll make the flip. You know, we're going from thirteen. Let's do thirty-one. So I was okay. thirty-one my whole college career, and yeah, I mean, it's right. it
1: a number that's kind of sat with me. Yeah. And 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 speaking on un, unlucky, I learned something from our podcast guests because, you know. For me, uh, you know, my game was hockey. And of course, here in New England, I played defense. And of course, I had to be number four, Bobby Orr. But um, after hearing our guests, I'm learning that with with um, with that number comes some superstition and 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 um, we'll let our guests tell us about that. But I I. um, I, I'm rethinking and, and realizing maybe that's why I, I wasn't a very good goal scorer. Maybe it was unlucky, and that's why I had to turn to fighting and other ways to bring my game into relevance. I, mean, it I sounds guess sounds like
2: a good, it sounds like you know a reasonable excuse,
1: Dave. <laughs> so um, well, the rough transition into our guest today. Would you mind? You know, do you have it? Do you have any? So I gave those numbers at the beginning because again, two weeks in a row. I, yeah. i've been a little off on the on the in the news so do you have yeah, you, uh, got, something... you
2: got your kids kids in school trying to you know yep. big life changes so it's all good i i do have one thing i just want to give a quick um shout out to some of our irish listeners particularly um martin quinn so martin quinn is from uh tipperary he's you know a stroke survivor and a and one of the you know leading advocates for stroke in ireland he was able to you know they the national plan for stroke, the coordination, they they published that year, uh, I don't think year, maybe every five years, I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, it's been delayed, right? Um, and as part of, you know, I'm sure, you know, the result of the pandemic, and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the hospital system just being strained. Um, but Martin has, you know, done a lot of advocacy, and was able to actually get the Minister for Health, um, and as well as Dr. Ronan Collins, who's the he was previous uh, clinical director for stroke or national clinic, national clinic director for stroke uh, in Ireland, as well as some other uh, leaders within stroke um, onto, onto a call to really talk through and be like, you know, this needs to happen um, and get pushed forward. So, you know, kudos to Martin um, and the rest of the, you know, Irish community there who really, you know, give it their role in terms of, you know, trying to advance a uh, stroke rehab in the country. So, yeah, just wanted to highlight that, um, you know, and and hopefully we'll be able to take a look at the results of that national strategy here um, in the next, in the coming months. But yeah, kudos to Martin. Um, so yeah, let's, let's kind of turn into the guest today. So I, I've kind of given, you know, my why my story with stroke, uh, you know, with my mother who had an ischemic stroke at the age of 28. Um, and fascinating enough, you know, the, my girlfriend now Megan is also a caregiver for a mother for her mother who had a stroke around a similar age um but her mom had what's called a moya moya right and moya moya as we learned today is one in a hundred thousand so it's very very rare that this condition happens um they call it a puff of smoke because unlike a a hemorrhagic, which is, you know, blood vessel bursting or an ischemic, which is more of the block. Um, a Moya Moya is more of a slow leak, right? So you'll have similar symptoms of a stroke, but when you go to do the CT scan or MRI um, scan, you'll, it comes back more and it looks like a puff of smoke in the brain, right? And Moya Moya in Japanese means puff of smoke. So that, that's kind of how it's come together. But I, you know, I, I really been keen to get a guest on um, who could speak to Moya Moya, whether it's Survivor. And hopefully, you know, we could we could now look to maybe bring in Orlina's um, therapist and, and neurologist, who was one of the leading experts in Moya Moya and, and really supported her on this journey. But yeah, I, I was able to find Orlina Sheik. So Orlina Sheik is a former in-house software technology licensing attorney from the San Francisco Bay Area, where she currently still lives with her husband and two young children. I first saw Orlina's story and doing some research online and saw her giving a talk to local CBS News. Um, and really, within that, she was highlighting the Moya Moya condition, her advocacy, and a book that she was just releasing called *Emerging from the Smoke*: A Collection of Warrior Voices. So, this book is a beautiful collection of short po- poems from thirty-plus stroke survivors. And alongside each poem is a is a bio and a picture of that survivor who shared the poem. And I think a nice way to introduce this, you know, right before we get into the interview, um, I I was able to pick up the book recently and there's a beautiful foreword from Orlina's neurologist, Dr. Gary Steinberg. And I think I'm just gonna read a brief section of that foreword to kind of lead us into today's interview. So again, in the words of Dr. Steinberg, most surgeons I know are equally in love with the arts as they are with the science. We play music, paint, and write poetry as creative outlets to balance the rigors of our profession. We understand as doctors that our patients are also dynamic people who find comfort in artistic expression, particularly when complicated and difficult diseases interrupt and alter the course of their lives. When I first began treating Moya Moya 30 years ago, we didn't know know much about the disease. We didn't yet realize its genetic links, its connection to other rare disorders, or the psychological impact of its symptoms on our patients. But we knew that surgery and healing wouldn't be easy and that our patients had lives they needed to get back to. I also didn't realize that at the time, over the course of treating this disease, I would develop important and long-lasting relationships with the people I treated. Relationships that went beyond the disease that introduced us to include celebrations of love and life. Now Moya Moya is connecting us in yet a new way our shared appreciation of the arts and creative expressions of our struggles and hopes through this beautiful collection of poetry. As a surgeon, my goal is to strive for the best patient outcomes by f- performing the correct surgical procedure with the utmost expertise in the, in the least invasive way possible. But as a physician, my goal is to help patients heal so that they can get back to their lives and pursue their dreams. It gives me great satisfaction to see my patients not only return to their lives, but go beyond simply surviving to building new communities of support, further spreading awareness of Moya Moya, and creating art together. With this poetry collection, these patients are demonstrating that we have not only moved the field forward through enhanced technical precision, but that we have also given patients the opportunity to create, to love, and to express their deepest feelings. I have witnessed our patients grow and become leaders in their communities as well as motivated patient advocates who are the disease for the first time and who, whose work tirelessly continues to expand awareness for Moya Moya internationally. We are fortunate to have led celebrities leverage their platform to educate their audience about Moya Moya and Moyamoya warriors dedicate their lives for legislative recognitions that enhance our work and ability to fight this disease. With the publication of this poetry collection, we are proving once again that Moyamoya does not mean an end to creativity and achievement, and that in spite of the disease, that people are creating beautiful new realities rooted in bravery, strength, and love. I remember when Orlena was transferred by ambulance to Stanford in 2011 after she suffered a devastating hemorrhagic stroke from her Moya Moya disease. We weren't sure she would survive. However, Orlena surprised us with her spirit and resolve to recuperate. Over over the last 10 years, she was made a remarkable recovery. This poetry and their superheaded by Arlena is a testament to her fortitude and determination that serves us for inspiration to all. Thank you Arlena for bringing the work of those affected by Moya Moya and Stroke together in this wonderful collection and for allowing me to share this project. It is my honor and privilege to have a small part in the lives of these extraordinary people who are sharing their experiences, struggles, hopes, and dreams with the world through their poems. And thank you to all Moya Moya patients, stroke, TBI survivors who continue to face their lives with incredible courage and who provide proof that healing is possible and that there is so much life to be lived beyond Moya Moya. And with that... Let's turn to the interview with Orlena Sheep. Hi, Orlena. Welcome to the No Stroke Podcast.
0: Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm so excited so, to be here.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's so nice to see you. Uh, I know we've we had a, a short little intro call the other day to yeah. get familiar with each other. We first kind of connected a couple months back, um, but... Yeah for our listeners we we gave a bit of an intro again in, you know to kind of line up you know your background and, and kind of what brought us together but do you want to give a short you know synopsis of you know your background
0: Sure I'm Marlena Sheck I'm a double brain surgery stroke survivor Last year marked the 10 year anniversary of my stroke due to a rare condition called Moya Moya disease During the pandemic I joined a Facebook support group and to commemorate the 10 year anniversary, I banded with 20 other health warrior poets to come out with this book. And you may want to ask why I chose to publish last year when I turned 44. Well, I'm Chinese American and four is the unlucky number because it's anonymous with the meaning of death. So four, four, 44 is two fours. That's the worst number you could possibly have. But if you add them together, it turns out to be eight, which happens to be the luckiest number in Chinese culture. So my whole philosophy is taking something bad, like two number fours, and turning it into something wonderful and good, like eight.
1: That's that's so interesting, Elena. You had some other numbers that we talked about before um, we started recording, and they kind of tell your story. Do you mind sharing those other numbers? Do you have those?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So today I will share my stroke survival journey and show how you can survive a medical condition, in my case, a stroke, and turn it around to accomplish anything you want all by using a mind over matter mindset. But first, let's kick off with some numbers. fourteen, six, three point five, 6, 3.5, 1,800, 136, 2, 1. 14 ambulance rides within five months six-week hospitalization at Stanford, 3.5 weeks in the medically-induced coma, three different acute rehab hospital stays ranging from Marin to Santa Clara County, two 10-hour-plus brain surgeries a week apart, 1,800 paper origami cranes folded by countless coworkers, neighbors, and friends. More than 100 nights spent hospitalized away from home two children, first born pre-stroke, second born post-stroke, one trip to Las Vegas by myself for a bachelorette party. As you can see, these aren't lottery numbers, but maybe I should play the lottery, but they're numbers that add color to my life. Once upon a time, I was an in-house lawyer, specializing in open source, working at Sun Microsystems and then NetApp, but suddenly one day my career fell apart just because of a little accident that happened about a decade ago. On Tuesday, December 29, 2011, I had a massive hemorrhagic stroke due to Moya Moya while driving my daughter on the freeway. At the time, she was 21 months old, and I was working full-time as an in-house lawyer at Nana. I remember it was a Thursday, because on Thursdays, I could work from home. I was trying to find an outfit for her for New Year's, when I started to drive erratically on the freeway, and I thought this is very strange, I figured get off the freeway. But as I was pulling off, I actually lost control of the car, hit the center divider, all the airbags deployed. My daughter freaked out, had never seen so many airbags before. A good Samaritan called 911 for me and my nanny. My nanny came and took her home. My sister and brother were home for the holidays, so I asked them to come get me. They picked me up, dropped me off at home. It was just kind of strange if you think about it. Why did they do that? They should have taken me to the hospital. But anyways, they dropped me off at home. I felt horrible. So I thought, I need an ambulance. I dialed 911 and said, I need an ambulance immediately. Hung up the phone, collapsed on my living room floor. The ER that I was taken to happened to have a Moya Moya neurosurgeon on duty that night who practice practiced under the leading Moya Moya neurosurgeon in the world at Stanford. He saved my life by diagnosing Moya Moya and sent me to Stanford, where I had two brain surgeries about five months later, and I came home for Mother's Day. It's quite a story. I wonder if any of you here on this podcast have ever heard of Moya Moya before. I can't see if there's a show of hands, but I'm assuming you probably haven't heard of it because it only happens in one in a hundred thousand. I always tell my husband that I'm one in a million. It's a progressive cerebrovascular disorder caused by blocked arteries at the base of the brain. Moya Moya actually means a puff of smoke in Japanese. I'm a lawyer by training and the fact that I was able to pass that three-day California bar exam when I never even had enough blood to the brain is incredible. I mean, no wonder it was so hard. Although this all sounds very bleak and dark, having a stroke has brought more color into my life in ways I never imagined possible. After my stroke, I would spend about six months in and out of rehab hospitals to learn how to walk and talk again. I now have weakness on the left side and walk with a cane. Unfortunately, due to foot drop, I'll probably have to wear a brace for the rest of my life, But that's okay, I have Nike free shoes in every color. After my accident, my husband took on a second job because I was covering all the benefits for the family as an in-house lawyer. My daughter had to grow up a lot faster because she suddenly had a mom that was disabled and who was in the hospital for most of her first year of life. As a result, she's an extremely empathetic 12 year old from having a mom that's disabled. My mother-in-law quickly formed Team Marlena after my accident, comprising the family members that would have weekly check-in meetings to chart my progress and to help support me. When I was in the hospital, my coworkers from Sun Microsystems and NetApp banded together to fold 1,000 cranes. Legend has, is, has it that if you have 1,000 cranes, the sacred crane will grant its wish and the person will get better. A watershed moment in my rehab occurred seven years ago when my therapist taught me how to put on my braids and shoes by myself. And guess who flew to Las Vegas by herself for a bachelorette party? My husband even bought me a suitcase for my birthday that year. I even found a therapeutic gym in Burlingame that has the adaptive equipment that I can use and I'm there every day of the week. But four years ago, this little gym was on the brink of closure. So as a last-ditch effort, the city of Burlingame held a town hall. So I talked about how I needed this gym because I had to have the adaptive equipment that only this gym had. I can't exercise a 24-hour fitness or the YMCA. I mean, look at me. I ended up getting a standing ovation, and someone told me to run for mayor of Burlingame. End result, they kept the gym open, and last I checked with my neurosurgeon, the Moya Moya vessels have disintegrated from non-use, and so the likelihood of another stroke from Moya Moya will be very unlikely, and eventually I'll be fine. So this is the best part. The thing about my rehab, though, is after I came home from the after I came home and had my stroke, I had to stay in three different uh, three different acute rehab hospitals around the Bay Area. that was really hard. All I wanted to do was bust out of the hospital. This one hospital I was in was in Kentfield in Marin County, beautiful grounds, outside was gorgeous forest, but all I wanted to do was bust out. And interestingly enough, when I was in the hospital, there happened to be a high security inmate from a nearby um, prison who was also housed in my hospital. My parents freaked out. They hired a caregiver to be there 24 seven, so I was never by myself. Meanwhile, I was still trying to
1: plot my way out of there. <laughs> That's
2: that. I could imagine that your parents were like, "What in the world?" I know my daughter having to go through with an inmate there. But listen, you've you've given us a lot to unpack here. I I'd love yeah. to go back. Sure. To a couple of things, right? Yeah. First, out of your ninety-three shoes in your closet, what's your favorite?
0: Oh my gosh. So the best shoes actually are New Balance because they can accommodate two different sizes. So on the left side, I wear size 10, which I have my AFO or my foot brace to protect my foot because I don't have the muscle to pull it forward to walk as a result of the stroke. But the brace holds my foot in place to allow me to take that step. And Nordstrom and New Balance, they allow me to have two sizes big on the left side and the right side smaller. And I don't have to pay for two shoes they'll give me half the price back
2: oh that's nice yeah it I is know. really nice yeah I know when we first connected you know I, I mentioned you know how you know I was doing a lot of research into Moya Moya because that's my, right my girlfriend's mother who had the stroke and you know just everything you just mentioned there with you know the brace and the foot drop like the complexities that it's you know totally wearing, the, yeah. wearing the brace full-time really causes I mean we're just now trying to go through um and order a new brace for kind of get the right fitting. And it's oh, really so many, yeah, so many things that kind of go into this, but let's, let's kind of touch on you, your rehab, right? you were you mentioned mentioning yeah. that I want to bust out of this place. Yeah. What, like what was that experience like having to be inpatient, you know, and you were probably surrounded, you know, at the time, kind of going back to, again, my mother having a stroke at a very young yeah. age, She was put into a rehab facility with, you know, quote unquote, well, at the time, I mean, they were older people than her, you know, she was 28 years old. Right, so right. talk through that rehab, like the inpatient experience, like what was your day to day? Did they have you in intensive rehab right away or, or because you yes. had that surgery? Like- great
0: question. There's only a few acute rehab hospitals in the Bay area. And I basically stayed at all of them. One was in Kenfield. One was at Santa Clara Valley, which also has a great rehab program. So I had to go through the whole acute rehab situation Basically, as a patient, your best friend is a nurse. So there was nurses I would just flirt with. I'd be like, if you change my diaper, I'll take you out to lunch. Because it's <laughs> so important to have an interaction. I really loved my nurses so yes. much. So that was my acute rehab hospital situation. And then going home, there was a great company called Rehab Without Walls. Have you heard of it?
2: I didn't, no, I haven't heard. Maybe they're just East Coast.
0: They're West, or, sorry, West Coast. Coast. They come to your home. They work all disciplines, speech, occupational, which is your hand, and then mm. physical, which is your leg. And they mm. help you at home to integrate you back to society. And mm. at the very end, they actually took me on Burlingame Avenue to help me how I would actually integrate back into the real world. Right. That Instead was- of like
2: the plush of the home, like being in a real world setting kind of, and but having that support and someone next to you. That's really exactly. what was the name? Then- what was the name of that group again?
0: It's called Rehab Without Walls being the idea is that they come home and help you. The rehab is there. You don't need to go somewhere. It's in, it's in your own home. And at right. the very end, you graduate when they take you outside into the real world. And then they find me an outpatient. So after Rehab Without Walls, I was so sad that I had to go to a local rehab in outpatient. But get this. It was Mills Peninsula. I have been going there for 10 years. So since Rehab Without Walls, I You'll went have there. have to
2: we we don't where where is that like a beautiful gorgeous place or what's <laughs> that i don't know oh it's,
0: it's, the- it's not like kenfield hospital it's in my local area it's okay affiliated with the hospital that my daughter was born in but oh, okay. it's separate it's only rehab and then i went there for after my stroke i went there when i wanted to learn how to take stairs i went there before my second baby and i've been going there like now i'm still patients there again because i want to work on yeah. something new And so one of my most amazing motivational talks was at that therapy place. I stood in front of them. I said, it takes speech therapy, occupational therapy, and physical therapy to be able to stand here in front of you today. So thank you, A, B, and C, those three therapists who were there. I mean, these people brought me to this point. So that was one of the most powerful speeches because it was truly those three individuals who made it happen for me to be there.
1: Elena, it sounds like along the way, you've definitely become an advocate. And I would like, I would have liked to have been in that conversation when you stepped up and advocated for the right, keeping that, that gym open in Burlingame, because it had the equipment that you needed. Um,
0: yeah, like
1: the gym hit, you're at right now. The, and this is yes, <laughs> and, and, and much the same. Um, how... How important was that in your recovery? You talked about your length of stay, and that I think in the numbers that you presented, you were over 160 some odd days. Um,
0: yeah,
1: in different phases and different uh, facilities, some better than others. Um, how, how reflecting back now, how how important was the the advocacy um, is 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 part of what you're doing now? And I'd love to kind of you know bring that into your book and why you you took the next chapter to kind of tell your story through poetry in your book but um can you talk about a little bit about um you did a great job explaining moya moya this is your first time we've had someone with moya 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 on so it's it's been great that you've been able to describe that in such detail for our community um how when did it kind of resonate with you that you you needed to be that voice for the community
0: oh because it's actually it's not true that only old people have stroke for, for instance my nephew collapsed at school the other day because he had multiple strokes he doesn't have moyamoya, thank goodness he has another rare diagnosis called cns vaselitis so stroke is just everywhere and so people just need to be aware and so when i realized my own nephew had a stroke i thought wow People need to know about stroke. It's happening everywhere. And it's not just morning and morning, it could be anything and it could be any age as well. It just needs to be raising awareness. And even when I cross the street in San Francisco, the lights are so fast. There's just so many struggles. I mean, all my friends that are with me are like, this is not long enough of a light. There should be more rights for disability for people who are disabled. This world is not easy to navigate. So there's just so many things that happen for people. And now that I'm in that position, I see it more and more. And I think raising awareness about stroke and rare disease all combines to give people more awareness in general. So things can be easier for us to live in. Oh, but I have good news though. Last summer I went to Hawaii and unfortunately the hotel room that they gave us and we were at a luxury resort, did not have an ADA facility. So it was very hard for me to take a shower and I really did was reluctant to get into the swimming pool because I knew how challenging it would be to take a shower we ended up writing a letter to them and they felt so bad that the following summer they comped us three nights and they invited me to speak in front of their senior management so this past summer I went back but I didn't tell them that I went back because I was not given a room I just told them that you know thank you for having accessible rooms and accessible pools so people like me can enjoy your facilities. And I got to do my whole story. And it was so neat to be able to fly there to do this talk. So that was so deeply meaningful, just to be able to raise awareness. But I didn't tell them the reason why I came back was because they didn't give it to me last summer. (laughs) Well,
2: Arlena, you seem very... I know, again, before we recorded, you were saying, this is my first podcast that I've been on. But listen, you've been... You've been host. I I saw your video on um, it was a local news network. I mean, you've been yes. doing all these talks. So yes. again, like you know, you you've just been able to really establish your voice as a you know advocate for especially Moya Moya community. But
0: totally,
2: you know, I I'd love to you know now kind of take a step in like you know as all the advocacy work you you've done. Like at what point did you make the transition to say, I want to. Do something, you know, with with a book and and kind of oh. make this connection. So let's let's talk about about the book now.
0: This is so fascinating. So this whole pandemic has all affected us, right? Mm-hmm. During the pandemic, I joined a Moya Moya Facebook group led by a woman named Tara McAnus, who has a really fascinating story herself. And suddenly, I noticed so many Moya Moya patients sharing poetry, and I thought, "Hey, I love poetry. What if?" but I lacked the organizational skills to write my own book after the stroke. So I thought, why do I pull together these different poems and throw in a few of my own and see what happens? I ended up getting 44, which I told you about, which was actually my age last year. And I found a publisher called um, Simon Schuster, which has a self-publishing arm called Archway. They were interested. And so last year I pulled it together And it got published on May 13th, right in time for Stroke Awareness Month. And it's been fabulous ever since then. And all my talks have been much more compelling now because I've done something with my life besides Survive. And it's been so fun because I've gotten to know other survivors. I mean, there's a woman who has lupus who's in the book and I saw her out because her poetry is wonderful. And I try to put more than four. She says, Orlean, I gave you permission only to do two. But I can maybe read one of her poems if you don't mind. It's so compelling.
1: Yeah, that, that would be great.
0: Um, her poem is interesting because it's called it's called um, it's called "Survivor." And it's beautiful because it says, "Yes, I'm a survivor. with every breath I will be, but it is, as a fighter, I pray you will remember me, not for my life's struggles, but for the way I gave them beauty. How haunting is that? I mean, when you read something like that, it's pretty speechless. So I'm excited. Was, Each poem has an author spotlight afterwards with a picture of the author, so yeah. it really pulls together these people who are in the book.
2: Yeah, it's beautifully done. You know, I'm I'm looking through it here now. You know, and there's just you know I love the way you were able to pull the 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 bios and like the the images of of the. Oh, you have the book. That's up. great.
0: I didn't know you had yeah. it.
2: Yeah, yeah, right here, right here. Um, but And so how about the name? Um, It's a very, very good, well well thought through name for this book. Do you want to share the name? Sure. Kind of so, your inspiration?
0: Yeah, Moya Moya means a puff of smoke in Japanese, the country of its origin. So the book is called Emerging from the Smoke, A Collection of Warrior Voices. And the cover of the book is actually a Moya Moya brain that's turned into a puff of smoke with warriors emerging from it, and I'm one of the warriors. And the Moya Moya blue is the official blue color of the book. And then inside the first page and the last page are in gold because I'm as I was mentioning, I'm Chinese American and a lot of people in that culture believe in having these certain elements. The one element that was missing when I was born was the element of metal. So my parents said, we should replenish her with metal. So they named me Orlina, which means gold so the first page and the last page should be gold I don't know if they made it that happen but that's kind of the meaning behind the book and the cover as well
2: that's beautiful
0: yeah it's really a love letter to my parents who didn't make it to my 10-year anniversary
2: I'm sorry to hear that um yeah I mean just to have something like this you know to you know for everything you've been through and you know others and, and you really it wasn't just you know your story and your like you you encapsulated it, but you really brought that sense of community and others to to kind of be involved and share their stories, um, in such a unique way. And for you know for survivors who, you know, again might not be able to sit and read a whole book, you know, yeah. it, it like struggle. Like it's beautifully just you know short short kind of handwritten poems that you know really touch and and kind of share a story. So, yeah, it's it's. It's again, something like when I saw your story, I was doing so much research into Moya Moya. Yeah. And so when I came across you, I was just like, this is a girl we need to talk to. <laughs> I'm
0: so happy to be part of this.
2: Absolutely. It's,
1: it's, it's certainly to write a book like that is such a, a touching tribute to your parents. And it must be very uh, rewarding to actually see Mike holding your book there. Uh, how does your family how do your children how does your husband feel about uh you being an author now
0: they're happy that i took something that could have been really tough and turn it into something beautiful and remarkable and that was the whole point of this that anything is possible even those days when i'm in bed and i'm trying to ingratiate myself with the nurses because those are my interactions there was totally a light at the end of the tunnel and it's this is being able to survive that and to take something potentially bad and turn it into something wonderful and good and to bring it to the rest of the world which is what i think i did and that was the point
1: you're you're definitely doing that and what what's next on your on your on your roadmap for how do you continue to expand your your audience i we're we're so grateful this is your first podcast you've done a yeah. wonderful wonderful job sharing your story and your mission um how do how do um how would someone get a hold of you to um if they wanted to reach out to you have them you know to maybe have you present to their group
0: um my website is now now live it's just my name.com so com, and that's a great way to reach out to me and also see what else I've been up to. I also recently did an interview for CBS, as you may have seen. And so all the information is there and there's resources about Moya Moya and stroke. So there's a lot of stuff in there that I want to spread the word about. And that's kind of my whole thing right now.
2: Very cool. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll be sure to share you know all those resources in the show notes kind of push them out on social so people could get in touch um, because, you know, all the work that we do for, you know, the stroke community. Yeah, I feel like, you know, Moya Moya survivors, as well as like an even tighter knit group, right, because it's it so rare, you know, you want to, you know, be able to share that story. So again, you know, it's, I'm really thankful that you were able to come on the show today and and share your story, and hopefully, you know, connect with others and, and help them through this journey. Um, but before we end, um, we, we normally ask a magic wand question, but I think we're going to instead read a couple more of these poems. So maybe if you want to read through a couple and, and maybe I'll, since I have the book here in my hand, I will, uh, I'll read one as well.
0: Yeah, um, I can read maybe a few of my own really quick.
2: Yeah, let's hear it.
0: All right, one is called Flowers Emerge into the Fold. Dandelions whisper through the void to uncover the darkness and let free the moon. In those quiet waves of strength, you know how much you are worth. It's very brief. Then one Uh other one is, wash away the heaviness that lines the contours of your soul until it's as light as an alabaster sunset. For forest fires may burn, amid a pandemic, during times like this, you fight to rewrite each story into a triumph. I forgot the name of that one, but I thought that was good because it's timely. It talks about the forest fires in California. That was a time we can all remember. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yes. Well, when aren't there forest fires in California?
0: But <laughs> I know, it's a real problem these days, right?
2: I know, I know. All right, here, I'll, I'll go with one from Angie Shea. Yes! Survivor yes i am a survivor with every breath i will be but it is as a fighter i pray you will remember me not for my life's struggles but for the way i gave them beauty love that one yeah yeah this is this is just such a beautiful thing to have um you know and and see these faces of you know the the folks who shared you know their thoughts their their words um so i you know i would love we could do an episode just in reading through every poem i think <laughs> <You're right. laughs> but yeah no it's 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 really been you know a pleasure and you know i i do recommend everyone you know please go out so you know support Elena here, you know purchase her book um you know and, oh, proceeds and your the, loved book.
0: the proceeds of the book there's a percentage that goes to the american <laughs> i'm sorry the pacific stroke association oh
2: look at that there you go. The Perfect. Local organization.
0: Perfect. They actually help me get my start in my speaking, and they're very supportive of local stroke survivors and their families and caregivers.
1: Perfect. Orlena, I, I'd love to ask you to take us out with your your broken crayon.
0: Oh, absolutely. My broken crayons quote. You really like that one, huh? I do. With Moya Moya, we may all be a little broken, but last I checked, Broken crayons still color the same. I'm learning to color new things in my life now. Hopefully I've added some color to your understanding of stroke survival and that it's not just possible to survive stroke, but also to thrive. Thanks for listening to my story.
2: we'll end with that. Beautiful. Thank you so much, <laughs> Thank you so much Elena.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you, Elena.
0: Bye. Thank you.